<laughs> Sorry, viewers, you've just joined us post-coitus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel drained. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to part two. Hope you enjoyed the slightly different format of part one and we will be back with that next week. But now it's back to a more traditional format and to introduce this section I am going to hand you over to Tomothy over here. Hello listeners of the Too Much Time On Our Hands (laughs) podcast part two. (laughs) We had tremendous fun with Hero Quests. Was it Hero Quests? It was Hero Quests. It was Hero Quests with the story. Anyway... Like Dan said, we're getting back to a bit more sort of basic stuff here. Um, We're going to go for a bit of an easy one. One of those ones that could go on for about 5 to 10, maybe even 15 hours. uh, But we're going to try and keep to an hour. It's simply James Bond. Fucking bastard or fantastic man. Uh, I've always found it very hard to nail the Bond character down. Because there's so many different... um, different bits of source material. There's the books, there's the films, there's the comic books, there's... Um, uh, oh, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did you say the uh, games? Oh, oh the, the games. games. Yeah. Um, and all the derivatives and all the Mickey takes and the spoofs and everything like that. So it's very hard to nail him down. Is he a hard-drinking womanizer? Is he a gritty soldier uh, turned secret agent? Is he a suave douchebag? Uh, is he a smug rapist? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, it is very tough. Um, I actually spoke to my wife before uh, I came out tonight, um, really? like I do on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. Well, I said, hello, uh, is the cleaning done? Do you oh, talk to her like James yes. Bond? No, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Morning, Penny. You will have shakes with me. A woman. <laughs> Very nice. Hello, you're a woman. <laughs> that was my awful impression of Roger Moore. <laughs> if you come with me into that bush over there, <laughs> I will come into your. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said that her interest in Bond um, peaked uh, and actually didn't start even rising until Daniel Craig was announced as Bond because <clears throat> previously she'd seen Bond films. Yeah. But they were never particularly uh, something that she kind of really liked. But she said that Daniel Craig, when he came in, the films kind of turned into the typical kind of action film formula, rather than a spy thriller, which is what you could arguably call the earlier ones. The Daniel Craig era has kind of made them more action-oriented, and he's more of a soldier turned spy than anything else. Um, And she sort of says that the earlier ones were a bit too silly. And you know what? There's part of me... There's part of me that agrees, there's part of me that disagrees. I've always seen the Bond character as a bit of a Martian. Uh, and only in the sense that he's completely unrelatable. Yeah. You, I mean, the fact that everyone always criticises the Bond character for being a womanizer and a drinker. But if you did his job, you know, sitting down and watching a game of cricket, or sitting down and watching a game of rugby, or playing a video game, just would not... It just, I just don't think it would provide the outlet for relaxing. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, I think if you're putting your life on the line in these really high-stress scenarios where over the course of a week or something you go from 
uh, sitting at a casino uh, to, <laughs> to, to the, the secret underground lair of an evil genius and then Doctor No. Um, you know, uh, I, think, I, I think that um, I think you would quite rightly hit the bottle and try and find some sort of solace in the, in the arms of all those, all those women. Um, I think the drinking and shagging is all that he can do. I, I don't think he's a normal human. I think the Bond character is so far removed from what I think any normal human would be able to comprehend, which is, I guess, why he's so compelling. I, mm. I, think, I think he's a blend between the fucking bastard and fantastic man. But I know that at the end of this, we're going to have to pick one. Yeah, that, mm. that was kind of what we're hinting at. I think, yeah, I think everyone thinks that, don't they? Mm. They, think they kind of see a side to him that they like or admire, or, you know, you're watching the films and the cinema, and you think, God, I'd love to be James Bond. <laughs> but then the answer, when you actually come out of the cinema and think about the things in it and, um, and how many people he's killed and, yeah. yeah how many people he's killed how many women he slept with yeah and, um, but also how many women that he's manfully slapped to <laughs> calm them down <laughs> yes. as well you know it was a different, down. It was a different time <laughs> but, yeah that was definitely the Sean Connery era wasn't it where yeah mm. well, did it even go into the Roger Moore era as well I can't really remember but I know yeah definitely it's from Rush of the Love isn't it where he like manhandles a woman to stop her being such a hysterical woman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll beat the hysteria out of you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this hurts me more than it hurts yeah. you, darling. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you're right about the Daniel Craig thing becoming more generic action films. And you can even tell just from the posters. So whereas before, Bond has always been the guy with his like hand in his pocket, mm. reaching for his, his tiny little Wolf of PPK. Yeah. Uh, you look at the poster of someone like Quantum of Solace, and he's holding like a, basically an AK-47. Yes, in in his hand, it, it just it looks. It, it shows that it, it's erring more towards, yeah, a general action film than. Yeah, and you know what? It's really it's really a shame because, uh, you 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 can also look through the eras of the actors that have played mm. him, and you kind of go, the the Sean Connery Bond was the, uh, sort of uh, brutal sort of, uh, mm. you know, let's uh, let's have a vodka martini and uh, shit by the pool and uh, <laughs> sorry, watch by the pool. <laughs> Uh, uh, how how was he shit shit sit by the pool chill out in his wool underpants um, and um, but he always kind of just the Sean Connery Bond had that kind of lazy look in his eye like he was kind of doing it all a bit effortlessly and it was mm. just like oh it's just another day's work <laughs> yeah. yeah like the Roger Moore Bond always struck me as the kind of guy who has been down the club most of the week <laughs> and someone comes in and, and goes oh excuse me Mr Bond there's actually a there's, there's a there's a uh, 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 something swallowing up spaceships out there at the moment, so it'd be really helpful if uh, you could actually come in. He's kind of gone, okay. Yeah, he uh, seems to be a reluctant secret. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, he just does stuff, and it all just kind of, you know, it's like he's kind of just along place. for the ride. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah you know, he, he just he kind definitely of, seems to be the Bond who's having the most fun. Yeah. yeah, just literally mm. just the dude who's like, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, should we even count George Lazenby? Oh, really? He was in it for so little time, and he's the only Bond that breaks the fourth wall. Mm. And goes, this never happened to the other fella. Uh, uh, and you kind of go, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, and I want you to just fuck off now. Um, but I think that Timothy Dalton was quite moody. Timothy Dalton was the one that literally looked, was the one that kind of gave me the impression that Bond was a man on the edge, kind of almost 
he could he could have a nervous breakdown at any moment. Yeah, he was holding himself together through grit. Timothy Dalton's the one that's closest to Daniel Craig, I think. Yes. Yeah, mm. I think, um, and uh, Timothy Dalton's <clears throat> my favourite James Bond as well. Really? Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting choice. He's in he's in the most interesting films as well. He's he's in the film with. Yeah, if you take out eighty percent of Christopher, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Walken, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like Timothy Dalton. He's he. I wouldn't say he's more believable than the others, but he's there's a sense there's a real grounded sense to, to the way he does it. It's interesting because he's still. I mean, even the cars in in the Timothy Dalton uh, films were actually a bit kind of more realistic. Yeah. Like instead of the instead, of, I mean, I, I'm I have with me. Uh, one of the replicas of the Aston Martin DB5 made by Corky with all the moving parts and the bulletproof shields and the ejector seats and yeah, the machine yeah. guns and stuff. <laughs> Even the ones uh, from the Dalton era, the one I have, the Lotus, yeah. with the skis on the top, there's, yeah. there's no functions on it whatsoever. No, 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 it's no, literally no. Just, a, just a sports car of the era. That's all it is. You know, It was all quite easy and, and, and there wasn't they, they weren't trying to do too much with... With things, I think it was almost felt like they were trying to keep things a little bit were real. They, were they trying to just basically reinvent <clears throat> Bond because of the, yeah. the campy um, the Roger Moore run that oh, lasted so long? The, and the, just got the become last, a parody of itself. The last couple of Roger Moore films were certainly, yeah. I mean, really, really camp. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> really camp. I mean, the eighties Bond was, yeah, the eighties the Bond was a far more tolerable. <laughs> far more tolerable Bond just look at some of the different stuff they did with Dalton I mean Bond gets married in a Dalton film he does which is something you haven't seen since as far as I'm aware and you haven't seen before nope as far as I'm aware <coughs> but sadly and, lost his wife in the next film yeah 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 which I think is uh, excellent it's, it's, I mean I think they were trying something different at least trying to do something different with the character that had been going for a while and that's I think why everyone likes Daniel Craig so much because it's different from what we had with Pierce Brosnan. If, if I was to do a drawing, if I had any kind of drawing ability, do a drawing, by the way. Uh, if, I was to, if I was to draw what I think James Bond would look like, like close my eyes, having never imagined him, just had him described to me, Pierce Brosnan would probably be the Bond that I would draw. Yeah, but is that just because we were of a certain age? Because I would agree. That's, that's my sort of <clears throat> definitive Bond. I don't think he's the best Bond by any stretch of the imagination. Just like, no, I mean, where did it all go wrong? Because Goldeneye, as a first film, yeah, yeah, it's a was like was it was a corker, yeah. yeah, and it was a great. And actually, there was a part of me that was like, <gasps> Bond is back. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know it, it, it is back. You know, the the seventies campy stage is done. The early 80s is done. The kind of moody Bond is done. This this Bond is a little bit cheeky but tortured. You can kind of see a little bit of something behind it. And then Tomorrow Never Dies came out. Mm. And then, I, I and then The World Is Not Enough. Which yeah, one's the one with... Uh, the World Is Not Enough! <laughs> Which one's the one with uh, <laughs> Dr. Christmas? Oh, that's The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. Well, I thought Christmas only comes once a year. It's <laughs> like, oh, come on, there's all Get more. out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of this pipe! <laughs> you know? Um, and then, I mean, Die Another Day. Atrocious. Absolutely oh. atrocious. That's definitely... God awful. I, I've never managed to actually sit through that film. Even, even Pierce Brosnan himself admits it was really, really silly. Mm. And the bond you get in that as well is... I mean, I, I gotta say, there was a part of me after seeing him getting captured by the mm. North Koreans and then being tortured through the intro scene, yeah. even though it was a Madonna song, you know. Please don't say anything positive about that song. I'm not saying anything about positive about the song, 
But seeing him being tortured and stuff throughout the throughout the in, in good yeah. get what you deserve well, was was actually really interesting because because when it suddenly comes back in, you see Bond as a shattered as a shattered man, beard all over the place, mm-hmm. scared, shaking. You know, he's under injured eighteen months of torture. Yeah, um, and, and that was feels, the selling point of that film. And feels like he's been yeah. forgotten by his whole. Um, by, by the whole MI6 apparatus yeah. that kind of was looking after him then he gets swapped over and then he just suddenly becomes a t- complete douchebag and starts making, you know instead of going after 18 months of torture yeah. I'd just like to stay in this bed please you know he kind of goes right I'm going to pretend to die and then I'm going to get up and die another day um, <laughs> and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to save I'm going to watch Halle Berry come out of the, the water yeah. and then I'm going to I don't know be on a Plane that blows up the DMZ between North and South Korea and Michael Madsen. That's Manson's the Ice Palace going, one, right? you know, Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It's just it's it's crackers. That whole the whole and Bond just kind of and the Brosnan character uh, version of Bond just kind of sleepwalks through all these events. Not ever once kind of going. It's all a bit fucked up, this, isn't it? It's do all you, a bit messed up. Do you know who the worst person is? The person that when he, when you say the invisible car is shit, and they go actually they could actually do that. Just shut up. Just, just, it's still shit. The ice fucking palace as well. Just shut up. Just worst kind of people. The invisible car <clears throat> defenders. Because that, that is terrible. That film, the, the invisible car apologists. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he wake up after you know after the bit he gets captured by the North Koreans and he's got the big shaggy beard and then hmm. I think he has a shave and he wakes up in like a hospital bed and he's got a, like an attractive female nurse and he basically. Beds uh, immediately. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, fuck this. Pretty much. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then you've got that Gustav Graves, which turns out to be a North. Co- oh, spoiler warning! Turns out to be the North Korean colonel that he thinks he killed at the beginning of the film. Or it's just mm. it's bollocks. It's absolute yeah. bollocks. It's it's a rubbish rubbish film. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that was his last last one, wasn't it? That was Brosnan's last one. It was because he. he, he I saw the documentary where he said, and then I got a call, and they said, "Pierce, you're out." And it's like, mm. no wonder yeah. after that. It's a real shame. And even he must look back on Goldeneye and go, "God, that was really good. That was really good." I mean, it had, it had Sean Bean in it. Yeah, you know, it had Sean Bean. It had Sean Bean. Definitely one of my yeah. favourite um, Bond villains. It's definitely one of my favourite films ever. Mm. It's just a great film. I know I can stick it on and watch it, and I'll enjoy it from start to finish, and I won't regret a moment of it. There won't be a single moment where I go, mm. Mm. oh, oh, God. <laughs> Except for the uh, moment where he goes, I'll try to keep on on top of things, or something like that, you know, like... Making that <laughs> it's fight. just quite clunky. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not like, it doesn't quite scan. Try to stay on top of things. Just, oh, God. Mm. Oh, money penny. <laughs> So that's what the Daniel Craig ones do really well. They've reinvented a number of characters. But the mm. Daniel, but for me, the Daniel <clears throat> Craig Bond is even more of a Martian than any other Bond. Yeah, he's yeah. so detached from the he's world. So aloof. So well, he's, he's, he just comes across as a complete snob. Yeah. Well, they keep yeah. trying to play the tortured card. Like he's such, a, he's mm. so tortured. You know, he's living such a hard life, driving all these fast cars, being a secret agent, trying to rescue Judy Dench every now and then. Yeah, and 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 you understand that obviously spoilers to anyone that hasn't seen uh, Skyfall, which you should have seen by You've now. You've got to Skyfall. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the song, is it? No, no the song was um, some Adele products. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Judy Dench dies at the end of the Home Alone sequence, doesn't she? 
So like Oh Judy. Yeah. So and then that's so in, in the latest film in Inspector he's all he's all moody about Judy Dench and he's not getting on with uh, Ray Fiennes, although he kind of is getting on with Ray Fiennes and yeah, there there's an element of he, he's definitely more tortured nowadays than he was in like He's more sulky. Time. Yes. And actually that's the problem with Spectre, is Bond <clears throat> comes across as a as actually for the first time I found him utterly unlikable hmm. from start to finish. He, um, you know, he basically beds a widow after yep. she's lost her husband. Yeah. Um, and then he just, he, well, he ends up bedding the daughter of a man he killed. Yeah. Um, and he just, he's just a dick in that film. From, you know, he disfigures Blofeld and doesn't seem to accept any responsibility <laughs> Yes. I didn't do that to you, you did it to yourself. <laughs> the parody bonds Alec Guinness now. So. There, is, there is, like, a, at least some kind of arc with, with the Daniel Craig run, which is that at the start, he's much more human than he is, than he is when Spectre rolls around. So in Casino Royale... He still looks like he's enjoying himself. Yeah, but his there's... double O status. Yeah, and there's the bit where um, Eva Green's upset, so he has to comfort her, and he... It's, there's, there's no element of sleazebag about it. He's just trying to be a nice guy at certain points in that film. Mm. Whereas by Spectre, he's just using everyone left, right, and centre. And so I that's, think that's he's proper. He's probably drained, isn't he? By yeah. that point, I think. James Gurnalist, the games journalist's games journalist. Think of me as a cross between Han Solo and Lord Byron, but, you know, more about games journalism. I've spent the last 12 years intrepidly travelling from one end of the globe to the other to bring my audience the very best in untamed games journalism. I've written for websites like IGMM, Nataku, GamePots, Polywogglegon, and uh, magazines like uh, PC Gamering, PC Friendzoning, I Love Games A Lot Weekly Magazine, and Razzle. Anyway, enough about me. I'm uh, looking forward to starting my reviews on uh, Too Much Time in Our Hands podcast. <laughs> right, guys, time for our new regular segment here. So uh, we are back to James Gurnalist. James, welcome back. Hi, it's great to be back. Good, good to have you back. No, thank you. Thanks for coming back. This is a somewhat surprise. We didn't, didn't actually invite you, but but uh, well, well, thanks. Anyway, thanks, thanks for coming. Well, like back. I said, I've, I've got a, I've got a contract. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I, I was given a contract, and I was given this address, and I'm just turning up. Sean, did you give him a contract? No, I, 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 you know, I don't remember doing that. No, me neither. That's well, weird. you guys obviously have some external management issues. Um, it's just, 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 just might be Tom. It's it's just, just, is it Tom? Oh, it must be Tom. <sighs> Why is Tom never here when when he James never did. same room at the same time? You'd like him as well. It's a shame. <coughs> I know. I've heard, I've heard some really great things about this guy. Very, very handsome, uh, plucky, uh, young, uh, hung, full of cum. Uh, <laughs> really, really nice bloke is what I've heard. Um, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. Anyway, well, welcome um, back. Yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, it's very good to have you back. I'm oh, sh- Sam, mate. It's great. It's great to be back. It's, it's really good. Sam, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so what are you going to review for us today, then? Well, Derek, uh, I'm going to be uh, reviewing Day of the Tentacle Remastered. Uh, really, really good. I mean, if you remember the old days of point-and-click adventure games. I do. Big fan of myself. That's good. Monkey good. Island. What shall I do? Shall I just, uh, shall I just leap into it, then? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, great. Well, 
Dan the Tentacle Remastered. <clears throat> I mean, we live in an age where remasters of our, of our favourite games are coming thick and fast. And for me, it's always been something of a sticky wicket. Are we remastering games simply because we want to play them again but not have to wrestle with bleeding eyes caused by shit old graphics of old games? I mean, at least one person around this table might have something to say about that comment. Or are we remastering good old games because the majority of new games are so terrible that we have to look back on them to remind ourselves that there was once a time when games were actually good and innovative and not just another cod spawn. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, this other guy knows what I'm Anyway, I'm just going to let those two comments hang in the air like farts in a spacesuit, um, And I'll just let them scream at me about how COD is uh, worth playing and uh, how if you remove 80% of the story it's actually worth listening to. Or, uh, 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 or that most Nintendo games aren't shit. Uh, so, okay, we... Uh, well done, ready to move on. I'm beginning to think. It, it's, it's like, almost like um, James says the things that Tom wants yeah, to say. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. oh, weird come, on, come on, like I said, we've never met. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just weird. It's just weird. Anyway, back in the day, there were point-and-click adventure games around every single corner. Uh, nowadays, there are just hip-hop dance gangs waiting to serve unsuspecting members of the public, you know? You know what I'm uh, it was a simple time for gaming. Good stories seemed to be the focus for a few mind-bending puzzles thrown in for good measure. And I'm not talking about word jumbles. I'm talking about real leap-of-reality kind of leap-of-logic, kind of semi-logical puzzles. Um, but you could always forgive the out-of-there logic because you were having fun, just like I'm having great fun now on the way-too-much-time-in-my-pockets podcast. <laughs> or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. while we're here, have, um, have either of you guys have a, had a bag of uh, Walker's Crisps lately? Mm. At all? Mm. Every day. Oh, great, yeah. Tastes good. Wrong well, cocktail. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, with Walker's, you really know that you're eating flavoured, you know, crisp fried potatoes. <laughs> and, uh, I'm James Gurnlist, uh, and when I'm writing, I love eating Walker's Crisps. So that should help um, with the sponsorship. Is, 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 uh, yeah. Are we doing sort of Have you been sort of paid paid to say that? Just, is that just your, oh, your not, opinion? Not, li- not 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 literally. Uh, uh, physically, yeah, but, uh, it's but just not. We normally, we, you know, if we were to do, we haven't really done anything like this. Well, I'm just trying to help out, Phil. Isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's, it's good. I mean, no. I mean, like, it's in my contract. I don't, know about, I don't know what kind of business deals you've got. Uh, we've been uh, sponsored by uh, Smith's Salt and Shake Crisps, though. So, well, not anymore, my friend. Anyway. <laughs> Day of the Tentacle was, and thanks to this remaster, is a masterpiece of point-and-click adventure gaming. A living legend of the LucasArts domination of the genre. And it was funny. It is funny. I mean, it's smart and silly funny, it's ball-bouncingly funny, and if you'll let me coin that phrase, ball-bouncingly, I laughed so loudly that the, the, uh, some of the jokes that my neighbours complained uh, about the noise, although actually your mum was around that night as well, so that's, that, <laughs> that might be what it was. Uh, where is it you live again? Oh, uh, uh, just uh, downtown uh, up, up north Norfolk. <laughs> just downtown, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the basic plot is that an evil tentacle purple, uh, sorry, an evil purple tentacle, uh, not my penis, by the way, uh, has taken over the world, and the only way to stop him is to go back in time. So three friends climb into a ramshackle time machine uh, that accidentally sends one of them two hundred years into the future, uh, another one two hundred years into the past, and the other one stays exactly where he is. And if I was him, I would have just fucked off. Because, I mean, to be honest, who, who gives a shit, right? I mean, <laughs> what follows is a brilliantly written adventure where actions in the past affect the future and vice versa. That accent again, where, yeah. where is it from? Oh, uh, I'm from uh, I'm from uh, Vienna, actually. Oh, uh, to the south part of Vienna, just past all the canals. You know, the bit that doesn't smell like egg. <laughs> um, 
just down there, so that's why my accent sometimes I get a little bit tickled in my throat. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it goes like this: so your friend in the future uh, needs a bottle of vinegar, for instance. Okay, this is this is the thing. This is how these how these puzzles work. So they basically cross time. Um, your friend in the future needs a bottle of vinegar. So logically, you've got to find yourself a bottle of white wine in the past. So what you do is you bury it in the past, so they can dig it up in the future, mm. and by that point it will have gone so sour it's practically vinegar. You see what I mean? It's, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And a lot, a, lot, a lot of other things happen like that anyway. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember a lot of them. Um, and it's charming too. The, the cartoon graphics have been given an HD makeover and they look sharp. While losing none of the, the vault... <clears throat> Sorry, that's the, uh, that's the Peckham bit of my accent coming back in there. Uh, the interface is pleasingly familiar too. You can use the old wall of actions, you know, the whole sort of look at or touch this or suck that sort of thing. Um, and you can use that, or you can use the new cursor that reacts intelligently to the objects that you interact with. It changes as you hover over them. So, you know, very clever. Um, either is fun to use, although I do find that the old wall of actions just feels a little bit clunky. Like uh, your dad after his spin classes. Um, but overall, it's about as good as it was then. Which brings me to my final point, remastering. And is it good for us? Yes, it is. It opens up gaming history to the gamers of today, while simultaneously letting fans from the good old days play their good old games on modern computers. Sounds great. Uh, but I think I've answered another question that I posed right at the beginning of the review. This is a game that puts modern games to shame with its wit and intelligence, like I do with other games journalists. Um, in short, Day of the Tentacle is living gaming history, so give it a go. It's back, it's here, like Bette Midler, it never left us. Its songs are still being sung, and we finally got another album to listen to, and I am really, really pleased about that. that big, that's back. big fan of the uh, oh, love, Midler album. Love the Midler. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> mid, the, mid, the Middle Easter. Um, anyway, so... It's a win-win situation. Jump on, have a play. It's more than worth it. That's it. I'm done, guys. I'm over. James Gurnalist away. <laughs> yeah, you're out. Oh, okay. Oh, you are literally just going. Literally, yeah. literally done. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank, thanks. Thank you once yeah. again. I mean, to uh, yeah, James Gurnalist. I mean, oh, you're welcome. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not literally going. Oh, I see. Oh, there was a dramatic effect. Oh, oh um, I see. Yeah. I think. Okay. I think maybe. Maybe you should. Yeah. Right, that's, that's um, interesting, Dan. Why, why, what's wrong? Well, you got my name right, which is a good start. Um, well, your name's Dan. Yeah. Dan. 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 I'm sorry, mate, my accent. Are you Dan? Dan. Yeah, fine, Dan. Dan. Just, right. uh, uh, Tom, Tom's got to come back here. and He usually sits there. Mm. Tom. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice bloke, that. The budget yeah. only yeah. really stretches to three seats. Yeah. Three so, seats. Yeah. So I've got I mean, more seats than that in my living room. I have no doubt. Yeah. I've got more than that in my car, but we can't do it in my car. No. We could do it in your car. <laughs> We're not going to. I don't know, mate. The day call around here. I mean... Right. Had enough, James. Get out of here. <laughs> nice one. I'll see you next week, guys. <laughs>
Or is, the, is James Bond a code name? I don't think he is. Well, no. oh, I think he's the same person in the universe, but the, <clears throat> the character is always so different that he hmm. might as well not be the same person. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Brosnan character is certainly meant to be... The, the Brosnan, Brosnan character is certainly meant to be a continuation of the ones before, because after all... M calls him a relic of the Cold War, yeah. a sexist, misogynist, dinosaur, etc. Mm. And you kind of go, well, that that's, that means he's meant to be the the one we've seen before, probably. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig might actually be the first one proper that was a is designed to be a completely new version mm. of Bond um, with a with a background, uh, you know, because even Eva Green's character nails him as an ex special forces, yeah, who kind of dropped into this and is really enjoying himself you know is he really excited by the prospect of having all that money to play cards with but I, I mean that's interesting actually because he does just devolve it, he gets worse and worse after he finds out that Eva Green's character has broken his heart and was doing it just for mm. her other boyfriend he just loses all faith doesn't he he goes through Quantum of Solace I have to call the most confusing film I've ever seen ever one of my least favourite Bond films as well it's just Opaque. It's like swimming through tar. One of the worst Bond endings as well. Oh. Just ends from no. It just ends. Just there's no explanation. Then all of a sudden, oh, this film's over. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, you did it, Bond. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's it's just a bad film. A fair amount of Bond films do that, though, don't they? This yeah. this just seems out of place. Uh, Skyfall. <laughs> do that. Yeah, no. Skyfall. But, but like a the older Bond films, I mean, it's usually like the credits come up as they're you know, on a dinghy or whatever, yeah, no, just no, escape the... But they've all got a grand ending. This okay. didn't have... I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. Well, that's the one where it's like, a, oh, I'm preparing for re-entry. Yeah. What is, yeah. what is that film? I can't remember, but... Uh, you know the one I mean. So I Rocky do know one, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, got to be uh, Moonraker. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, I'm just preparing for re-entry. <laughs> 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 My eyebrows are already back on Why does Why did the woman, when they hear these sort of horrifically like disgusting quips like just go what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> get off me <laughs> yeah. we're going to have sex no <laughs> we are we're going to have sex now no 57 no's and a yes it's still a yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. okay <laughs> just yeah so I mean here's here's my opening argument for why I think he's a bit of a prick Okay, fine. Okay. Dish it. I like the Bond films. Um, I don't think there's a Bond film I've watched that I haven't enjoyed at least aspects of. Mm. I, I would what about say. Never Say Never Again? Not really a Bond film, though, is it? Not an official Bond film. Okay. So, I, I think I can sit down. If someone said to me, do you fancy working your way through the Bond box set over the next month or so? I think I'd be quite happy to sit down once in a while, work my way through the Bond films uh, until the modern day. And I think there, there will be films that I think this is bollocks, but I've enjoyed. What I would say is Bond isn't a particularly likeable character. No. And he is a relic of the Cold War. Mm. Uh, and as, as modern as they try to make him nowadays, he's still not up to the standards of what I would call millennials, uh, would believe in not being a total sexist pig. Mm. Could could Bond exist without that stuff, though? Is that just so ingrained <clears throat> in his character? 
as this sort of stiff, stiff up. I suppose at that point would become Jason Bourne or Jack Bauer. So killer, you know, could he exist without those tropes? I don't think he could. He wouldn't be Bond anymore. It but, might be just quite nice to see a woman turn him down at some point. Yeah, that's true. The people around him could get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if they are so ingrained and they're a part of his character, and even if they are also a defence mechanism for his psycho- psychological makeup that he mm. feels that he has to drink and shag mm. to deal with the pain and the torturous nature of his job, actually, you still kind of sit there going, well, you're a bit of a dick for not getting any help. Yes, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You've, you've, you've got the MI6 secret government massive funding behind you. They would absolutely have someone that you could sit down with and just let the feelings go, James. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, let it all out. Do some primal screen therapy. Just get out all that aggression out of your meaty chest and just just kind of let it... You know, I, it's, I, have, I have no respect for people who, can't, who, who refuse to help themselves mm. if they can. Yeah, yeah. And I think Bond is one of those people who could help himself if he wanted to, but actually doesn't ever try to. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think he puts himself in situations... Maybe it's a pathological thing. Maybe it's literally a... I am... I'm on a knife edge every day of my life. Um, you know, I'm just going to throw myself in harm's way because I've genuinely got nothing to lose. If I die, then I fail the mission. If I don't, then I win. So how about this for an idea for the next... <clears throat> well, let's... Just, just as an idea. The next Bond film, right? Starts with him on a psychiatrist's couch. Mm. He goes out, he gets drunk. Sure. He gets messy drunk. Sure. Yeah. He tries hitting on women, they're not having any of it. <laughs> uh, he loses his job. No, no, actually, this, this one, Come for the on, first darling. time in Show bloody ages. <laughs> yeah. um, this one, he, he, he... Okay, no, he, he's got to leave MI6 again. And he's got to get himself back up and being James Bond again. Whilst no one has any faith in him. But it's not like you go for a job interview... You know, well, this happened. Yeah. This is a Daniel Craig one, isn't it? Where he's um, he can't shoot straight. And, oh like, yes, um, he did, didn't it? I can't even. Remember. That might be Quantum of Solace. Actually, no, Skyfall. Was, that was, was Sky, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry, I completely torpedo. <laughs> the, the, the point being is, it might show some kind of vulnerability if you show him some having some <laughs> mental scars. Well, as Sean's just said, this has already happened. It's not exactly what I had in mind, but yeah, it's it's so. I, w- I want to see. I want to see. The James Bond wearing a shell suit on a <laughs> on a on a, a, a on an estate somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know, with a fag in one hand and a bottle of Kestrel in the other. Well, in my eyes, you've already seen it if you've watched Kingsman. Well, yeah. which which is, I think, uh, you bastards. Yeah, Kingsman. Have you guys seen Kingsman? No. Kingsman is one of the better British action films I've seen in a very long time. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a replacement for James Bond, but it's it's a nice little addition into the world mm. of kind of espionage, British espionage films. Mm. It takes a lot from James Bond, but at the same time does it in a very modern British way with a very kind of chavvy main character who gradually becomes very, well, better, better mannered, I should say, I suppose. Um, it, really, really good film. I, I recommend Kingsman to, to mm. nearly everyone if you like if you like James Bond, then this is a slightly more modern take on James Bond. Nice. So, what I would say is... I will take this recommendation. It's, it's amazing. It's really fucking good. So, I, I think just... I think what we want from heroes and, and from, from people we watch in films is 
is definite flaws. And I think they've done that with the Daniel Craig films. I would agree. But maybe they need to step it up a notch. Maybe the bad guy needs to be in MI6. And maybe James Bond's the only one that can see he's a bad guy, but no one's listening to him. Hmm. Maybe they need, like, I suppose that's a bit Jack Barry. Trevelyan was a Alex, wasn't it? True, Not very really. true. So that was a really cool, um, cool idea, I think. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Last orders, James. <laughs> that's the one thing I was thinking was what do you think James Bond's motive is? Because you often hear his kind of nationalistic um, views, like, you know, for England and all that kind of stuff. But for England, Alec. Very, really yeah. seems that way. But is that actually his intention? Because it doesn't really show like him ever being particularly affectionate or mm. talking whimsically about England in any kind of way. He's always, I remember he's always when my grandmother like, would give you know, me a penny and I'd buy a stick. And <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the kind of person that I think if he did retire, he would live in Monaco. Wasn't he? Mm. he wouldn't live in like... Chelmsford. He doesn't seem to spend much time in the UK, does no, he? He'd live on a fucking yacht in Venice, yeah. Yeah. as we saw at the end of Casino Royale. Well, this is and he was very quick to trust that one, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Just like, ah, oh, I'm quitting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get on a boat. Because that's the, one of the things we're supposed to sort of buy into, isn't it? He's this kind of selfless hero of, of you know, Britain. And but he's not. But I don't, yeah, I don't, it doesn't really actually seem like that. He seems like he's purely he selfish, got selfish interests. Yeah, he, I mean, that's the point. Maybe they're, maybe they're actually aware of his deep-seated character flaws. Mm. And they kind of go, well, this, this bad guy who's, you know, created a, a lair under a volcano, you know, like everyone does, um, you know, he's actually got a, a woman quite close to him. Mm. So actually, we can. Th- th- this is this is a bond mission. We'll send him because there's a woman. He'll feel like he needs to save and protect her and pull her away from the crime. And the only way to do that is to kill Doctor Evil. You know, um, so so I think maybe they just <laughs> they just sort of throw him into it. They're like, ah, there's a fit fit yeah, yeah. Zenyana top. Yeah, there's a fit woman. It's the only way into the Yannis Crime Syndicate. We'll send Bond to the bathhouse with the white towels, you know, and then he'll he'll be like, oh, she wants to play rough, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the, the, do you know what? The, the the further Bond the Bond series goes, and the more it carries on, the more I swing away from him being a fantastic man, yeah. and being the kind of person that if I met them at a party. I, I I wouldn't be going. I can't wait to to meet him. Yeah. You know, I'd be thinking, prick! I don't want to meet this guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a show off. He's a poncy show yeah. off. You know, He'd just squeeze just your hand really tightly, show, just to show he's like front. alpha dominant. Exactly, yeah. showing you up in front of people and making yeah. smug comments and stuff like that. You know, sorry, I've got to go hang out with Clarkson or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just really, really <laughs> smug. He would be surrounded by Clarkson wannabes, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At any party, yeah. really smug. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to go take the Aston for a spin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you driving? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Vauxhall. Yeah, Vauxhall. Nice one. <laughs> You know, and you you think, well, I should just give him my wife. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah, which, which just it pisses me off. I I know he'd be the sort of person that would just piss me off at a party. Mm. Mm. I think you get quite boring after a while. The modern films, what they have done quite well, I think, is is the villains have generally been quite good. They've they've very been very good at noticing who's done well at being a villain in a film recently. 
at the very least. <laughs> so Christoph Waltz is was quite good and obviously plays a very good villain like he did in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, so good in that. Uh, so we have to make a deal. <laughs> yeah, he's great in that film. <laughs> that's a bingo. <laughs> yes. Is that how you say that's a bingo? <laughs> oh, that's bingo. <laughs> how fun. <laughs> anyway. Javier Bardem as well. Yeah, I. Oh, Excellent is. bad guy in uh, No Country for Old Men, one of my favourite all time films. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Don't put that back in your pocket, yeah, yeah. sir. Because then it'll go mess up with the other pennies. It'll just be, which it'll is be, what it is. It'll become just another coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which it is. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's so it's cool. the bit where he's strangling the police <clears throat> officer. Just the look in his eyes. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothing. They're dead behind the eyes. Yeah. And he was also really good as the ex double O agent, who you know I like. I like yeah. the idea that his backstory is that he was captured and endured mm. months of de- deprivation mm. and torture and. And eventually decided to take his own life, but the cyanide capsule failed and yeah, yeah. basically just disfigured him. <laughs> the gown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I can't even remember who the bad guy in Quantum of Solace was. Oh, it was the leader of. <laughs> I can't. Quantum? Was it Quantum? I think Quantum was the. Yeah. Quantum was the. Yeah, the, you know, the guy with the foppish black hair. Um, I get so confused. The guy that they make, um, he makes drink oil at the end. It's the Quantum of Solace one all about like sun, the sun-powered yeah. death ray or something. No. No? No, What's that's, that that's, that's um, Die Another Day. Oh, okay. No, Die Another Day, that is the one with uh, Robert Carlyle, isn't it? No, that's that's The World Is Not Enough. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, yeah, I now I know who it was. Yeah, okay. Just because I looked it up on IMDb. Yeah, him. Yeah. Is it? We might want to say the name. Yeah. Uh, vaguely, or yeah, that's a uh, boring bot. <laughs> okay, let's try it. Matteo Amaric. Matthew Am- Amaric. Someone will. Yeah, see, so the point thing. is, yeah. he is one of the least memorable Bond villains. Yeah, because it's ever. a bad film. It's, it was a terrible film. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't a bad film. It was just. Because visually, it was actually quite an arresting film. Yeah. But it was just so. And like I said, it was like swimming through tar. It was so opaque, it was so badly set out that you, you just as an audience had no idea what was going on so you were kind of being encouraged to just sit and watch the next set piece mm. and like I said they weren't bad set pieces it was all very like oh my god explosion car driving oh fucking hell people running around with guns oh my god oh oh but even the bit where he flips um, flips his car in Casino Royale is more exciting than anything that happens in Quantum of Solace. Well, it's more memorable than yeah, anything yeah. in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I mean, the bit where the hotel at the end explodes uh, and all the bits sort of fall in on themselves is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, it falls like a big deck of cards. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Although I might be confusing that with um, a deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... it's. We, we should get back to the point, I suppose, which is... Is he a... Fucking bastard or a yeah. fantastic man. Yeah. Is he uh, likeable? I, I I struggle to like him. I struggle to be on his side. Yeah. But I, I have the same issue with when I'm watching uh, Avengers films. I have the same issue with, with Tony Stark. I don't really like Tony Stark, but I understand loads of people love him. So when I'm watching Civil War, I can't wait to see Captain America beat the living shit out of him. And because Captain America is someone I, I relate to as a character, Captain America's he always does the right thing, and that's kind of what I look for in a superhero. Now, Bond, 
just as you say comes across as quite smug quite irritating mm. I get I like the films as I say and I, I think what is quite kind of annoying is his personality and I think it would it, it be great on me after a while we couldn't hang out with Bond let's let's be honest is what no I, I, I couldn't mm. I couldn't do it I couldn't do it to myself yeah I couldn't do it to him because I would I would be worried about what would happen because because I, you know, he he's always so smug and flippant with yeah. what he says that you kind of get the impression that he's one of those guys that the second that you tried to be smug and flippant yeah. about something, he would literally go, "You fucking what?" Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, sort of like smashes glass and sort of like hold, you know, smashes cocktail glass. And be like, "You fucking what, mate? You want to fucking say that again? You starting?" And before you know it, you're Is this on the floor. Played by Danny Dyer. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I always you imagine he's just gonna he's just gonna flip like that and just be like, "That's what I do." I'd do the funny jokes, right? you know, like, you know, and I just think, he, it's like I said at the beginning, he's a Martian. Mm-hmm. There, there I is think no he way. would just be blank. I don't think he would get violent. I think he would just have that blank look that Roger Moore does really well, which I've heard he used to, um, his acting technique was to, you know, raise the eyebrow and he'd pretend that the, the, the other actor opposite him had halitosis. So he'd mm. just like recoil slightly and just lift his head away as if <laughs> I get the feeling if, if you try to attempt the joke around anybody just leave you hanging like that just yeah mm. which would hurt more than the glass <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know that he'd look at the other people that are standing around and just give them that kind of <laughs> this prick wow yeah, yeah. yeah great joke yeah you just turn to your wife or girlfriend and say come on let's get you another drink yeah, yeah. and just wheel her off away from you yeah. while you're just left wallowing in self pity over there yeah Find you something what's, easier what's your, to slip into. What's your surname again? Tykebush. Okay, <laughs> Definitely come with me. Clamped vagina. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm definitely going to have to put my vote in the in the fucking bastard column. Wow. I thought you were going to. Yeah, I was. Totally I was thinking you were going to go. Yeah. Did you change your mind throughout the process of this podcast? No, I've I've always oh, right. I've really. always thought James you are Bond a is a fucking I am a Bond fan, mm-hmm. but also as you'll notice, I'm not so much a fan of Bond as I am his universe. Yeah. Which is why I'm a, such a fan of the corky James Bond cars. Because as you'll notice, the only time I have to endure Bond while I'm playing while I'm looking at the cars <laughs> is on the box. <laughs> right. The cars are... Do so you like cars? Is what you're saying. <laughs> I, do. I like these. I like... You like I cars like... with gadgets. I like that. I like... Yeah. I like the look of the DB5. I like the iconic... I like the iconic nature of the films. And I am a fond of the Bond films in general, but I do not like Bond. No. I do not... I find him an intolerable character, but I also recognise that he is a product mm. of the ages that the films were made in. Whereas yeah. the Fleming novels were all written from the same point of view in the fact that Fleming himself had SOE background. Mm. You know, he was a he was a spy, he was a spy master, you know, he was he was he was doing these things, you know. And his diet was based on Fleming's at the time and the sort of drinks that Fleming liked to eat. And you know, it was more realistic in the books in the sense that when Bond was off missions he would eat very simply and mm. he you know, because of course he wasn't he didn't he just had a government salary. Whereas when he was on mission he was given unlimited funds to do what he wanted to and would he go mental, you know. The stuff he drinks in these things, let alone eats 
was so extravagant. And then he goes back home and he has, you know, light grilled sole and vegetables and things like that. And that's, that's it. That's what he eats, really simply. You know, the, the, the book Bond is a much more complex character and you're given a lot more um, breadth of the character. Whereas the film Bond, which is the one that people most likely know about, is a is a frankly two-dimensional character. Mm. There is nothing, there's no depth to him. Any mm. depth that we have is the actors trying to put their own spin on it and try and be sort of, you know, method about it. And I think it's completely insincere. So, for me, the book Bond is the one that I'd want to go out with because I think that I'd get an idea with. Not like that, not dating him. But the but the comic book and and the film bomb, the ones that we most easily and readily relate to because they are, they are faces, I mm. think, are fucking bastards. Yeah, I, I've never read the books. I, I've never... Something I've never considered. Even. Go upstairs, whack off, and then read them. <laughs> Why whack off? Because you need to have clean pipes if you're going to read the whole books. <laughs> but it, it does intrigue me that it's a different character. It's, it's slightly more autobiographical, Basically. It's slightly more autobiographical, Tom. <laughs> no, no well, yeah, basically what you said, you prick. So that is based on his life, based on his experiences. Mm, and mm, mm, mm. Yeah. That, that kind of appeals yeah, to me yeah, more yeah. as a character, but I, suppose I, I can understand why it doesn't work necessarily in films. And I like the Bond films. As I say, I can sit down and watch pretty much all of them. Um, but yeah, fucking bastard. What mm. a cunt. What a tool. <clears throat> Yeah, I can't really add anything, to be honest. I think I agree with everything uh, you said, other than uh, when I was 12, you seemed amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but then as you get older, you put things... James is a fantastic man <laughs> when you're young, yeah. but then you grow up and you realise that you're a jealous 30-something, and you think, well, why don't I have an Aston Martin? Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah, sorry, I interrupted you there. Sure. No, no, that was all good. End. <laughs> so that's it then. okay so the general consensus James Bond bit of a cunt uh, there we go let's, let's just leave that there then I think I think we're done yeah man yeah. Mm. Uh, so join us in part three for uh, our life with the travelling circus that didn't happen I made that up but join us it'll be fun regardless so yeah thanks bye 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 bye